Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hi, everybody. I hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. Today is the 27th of December, and I am recording this early because today is a very special day for Matt and I. We got married 28 years ago in the Portland, Oregon Temple. And today to celebrate our anniversary, we are going to the temple to witness our niece receive her temple endowments. So I am re-releasing a podcast that I um, released back in 2021 called The Fourth Watch. This fourth watch has literally transformed my life, helped me to see God's hand repeatedly in my life and my children's life. And I think you'll really enjoy it. If you weren't able to listen when I first released it, you'll definitely enjoy listening to, listening to it now. So have a happy new year. Enjoy listening to this winter re-release. Welcome to another episode of Seeking Light. I am so glad you've joined me. Um, it's a beautiful day for us here in Oregon. And I went out and mowed the lawn and my favorite tree in the backyard has blossomed. And so it's a great time. I um, Before I start this episode, I just wanted to share with all of you something quite funny. So I realized last Friday when I released my interview with JJ that my editing wasn't done. So I don't know how many of you <laughs> heard us, but um, it was quite funny. And JJ called me and said, oh my gosh, Beth, did you hear? You didn't edit it. And Anyway, I thought I had and I hadn't. And I usually, when I interview somebody, I interview on Zoom so that I can download the audio because if you just do it on phone, sometimes the volume and the voices aren't very good. So um, I like to do my interviews on Zoom and then I download it onto Anchor and then I edit it and splice it and then um, I put it out. So I want you all to know um, this is a work in progress and I'm constantly learning and um, I tried to unpublish it, but it didn't work on the Apple platform. So anyway, if you heard all that, I apologize. <laughs> and I hope you realize I'm just a human. Um, okay, so I'm super excited about today's podcast. This is a topic that I have loved to study and understand and um, uh, kind of research by myself. But I want to tell you that the topic doesn't necessarily come from my own brain. It doesn't. The, some of the scriptures that I've found, I've not ever heard anyone talk about them. So that part comes to me. But um, this whole concept, it's, it's I want to talk to you today about the fourth watch. How God is a fourth watch God. And um, it was a BYU Education Week talk that I listened to from Michael Wilcox. Not Brad Wilcox, but Michael Wilcox. And you can go on YouTube, and I will try to remember to put the link on this episode. But he does an Education Week presentation called The Fourth Watch. And if you go watch that, you will totally um, be enlightened, and you will 
learn new things that um, can really bless you in your life and teach you something new. So I want to first um, start with the scripture in the New Testament in Matthew 14. And then I will jump to Mark 6. It's the same account, but just a little bit different wording. So first of all, Matthew 14, it says in verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he went well, he sent the multitudes away. And I'm um, sorry, I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to turn off my phone here. Just a minute. See, these are the little things that you don't plan ahead. So there you go. So he um, he sends his, the disciples away. He has the disciples go on the ship and then he sends the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Okay, so this account in Matthew tells us that the Savior goes up to a mountain, and as the night is going, the winds become contrary they are being tossed to and fro, and they are in the midst of the sea, and they are struggling. So now I'm going to read Mark 6, and then I'm going to talk to you about some of those things that they went through. So this is verse 45 of Mark, Mark 6. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even, even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea, and when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Okay, so the fourth watch. What is the fourth watch? So in Romans, the Romans had watches. So did the Jews. But the Romans' watches were different than the Jews. The Romans had a first watch, second watch, third watch, and fourth watch. So the first watch was from 6 to 9 p.m. at night. The second was 9 to 12 a.m. in the morning. The third was 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. And the fourth was 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So the disciples, as they are in this sea and they are struggling and they are toiling and the wind is contrary and they're being tossed, the Savior does not come upon the water and stretch forth his hand and calm the seas until the fourth watch. So he allows for them to experience the first, second, third, fourth watch. And then he comes to them. So... In our lives, sometimes I can imagine that we feel like we 
are in need of an answer to prayer, an answer to revelation, an affliction to end. But the Lord, knowing all things, and our Father in heaven, knowing all things, there's a purpose for these things that happen to us. And sometimes it doesn't come until the fourth watch. Now, I want to show you in different scriptures how this fourth watch is, a, is replete and it's in everything. It's in the Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Prograde Price. You will find it over and over again. And so I've just chosen three scripture stories to share with you to help illustrate my point. And then I'm going to share a personal story with you. Um, before I do, I want to talk to you about a talk that Elder Juan Pablo Villar gave. And this is what he said. Our bodies have over 600 muscles. Many muscles require exercise in order to be in condition to perform our daily activities. We could expend much mental effort reading and learning about our muscles. But if we think this will make them stronger, we will be very disappointed. Our muscles grow only when we use them. So the Savior and our Father in Heaven allow us to work our spiritual muscles, to toil, which means to work extremely hard or incessantly, and to allow the winds and the waves to toss us a little bit to and fro. But we are always in their watch, and we are their sheep, and we are in their fold, and they are totally aware of our situation. So I want to first um, go to the story in um, about Nephi. And after they finish construction of the ship, I'm in 1 Nephi chapter 18. So they get done with the ship and they take the ship and they put all their provisions that they have gathered and they start to head towards the promised land. And they've been driven forth with the wind for a space of many days. And my brother and the sons of Ishmael and also their wives began to make themselves merry, and so much that they began to dance and to sing and to speak with much rudeness. Yea, even they did forget by what power they had been brought thither. Yea, they were lifted up unto exceeding rudeness. And I, Nephi, began to fear exceedingly, lest the Lord should be angry with us and smite us because of our iniquity, that we should be swallowed up in the depths of the sea." Wherefore I, Nephi, began to speak to them with much soberness. But behold, they were angry with me, saying, We will not that our younger brother shall be a ruler over us. And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel did take me and bind me with cords, and they did treat me with much harshness. Nevertheless, the Lord did suffer it, that he might show forth his power unto fulfilling his word, which he had spoken concerning the wicked. And it came to pass that after they had bound me, insomuch that I could not move, the compass which I had been prepared of the which had been prepared of the Lord did cease to work. Wherefore they knew not whither they should steer the ship, insomuch that there arose a great storm, yea, a great and terrible tempest, and we were driven back upon the waters for the space of three days. And they began to be frightened exceedingly, lest they should be drowned in the sea. 
Nevertheless, they did not lose me. And on the fourth day, which we had been driven back, the tempest began to be exceedingly sore. So did you catch that? When I learned about the fourth watch from that BYU education address, I began to really search my scriptures for the truth of this. And I found this experience that Nephi had, and it says that on the fourth day, the tempest became exceedingly sore. And it came to pass that we were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. And after we had been driven back upon the waters for the space of four days, my brethren began to see that the judgments of God were upon them and that they must perish, save they should repent of their iniquities. Therefore they came unto me and loosed the bands which were upon my wrists, and behold, they were swollen exceedingly, and also mine ankles were much swollen, and great was the soreness thereof. Nevertheless, I did look unto my God, and I did praise him all the day long, and I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. Okay, so Nephi is bound by you know, some of the sons of Ishmael, their wives, Laman and Lemuel. And it is not until this storm becomes extremely, exceedingly scarce, which is the fourth day, that they take off the, the they loose the bands that are on his wrists and his ankles. So can you imagine how you would feel if you're on this ship and there's salt water? And you are in so much pain. And these cords are so strong. So I want you to think of your life, you know, figuratively. Have you been in a situation where you feel a little bound? Where you feel like, where is God? Who is going to come and rescue me? This is really painful. And I really don't want to go through this. I believe with all my heart that this is not coincidence. That the fourth day... When Nephi was released from these bound bands is showing us that the Savior is always aware of us. And there are things that we learn through these trials. There are things that Nephi was taught through this. And it tells you in 16 how he said, I did look unto my God and I did praise him all the day long and I did not murmur. He did not murmur. He learned different things. Um, and then he says, I just want to read this last part here. I took the compass and it did work whither I desired it. And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord. And after I had prayed, the winds did cease and the storm did cease. And there was a great calm. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did guide the ship. That we sailed again towards the promised land. So Nephi was taught. His muscles were exerted. His strength was um, um, tested and he truly loved the Lord and was able to learn things through this horrible experience and the fourth day he was released from these um, bound cords okay now I want to go to the story in Alma about Alma and Amulek so I first want to read to you 
what Alma's version is of what happens. So remember that Alma's going forth and preaching and he's separated from the sons of Mosiah and they're on these missions and they're going to the Lamanites and he's going to different lands. And when he goes to the land of Emma, Ammonihah, it says, um, and this is in Alma 8, 10. Alma labored much in the spirit, wrestling with God in mighty prayer, that he would pour out his spirit upon the people who were in the city, that he would also grant that he might baptize them unto repentance. Nevertheless, they hardened their hearts, saying unto him, Behold, we know that thou art Alma, and we know that thou art a high priest over the church, which thou hast established in many parts of the land, according to your traditions, and we are not of thy church, and we do not believe in such foolish traditions. So Alma is very, it's, he's very sorrowful. He's very weighed down. He feels a lot of the tribulations, and he, he leaves. And an, an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Blessed art thou, Alma, therefore lift up thy head and rejoice, for thou hast great cause to rejoice, for thou hast been faithful and keeping the commandments of God from this time, which thou hast receivest thy first message from him. Behold, I am he that delivered it unto you. So the angel that had appeared to Alma with the, with the sons of Mosiah, he's saying, I'm here to talk to you again. And behold, I am sent to command thee that thou return to the city of Ammonihah. So you need to go back and preach again unto the people, Preach unto them, yea, say unto them, except they repent, the Lord will destroy them. For behold, they do study at this time that they may destroy the liberty of the people, which is contrary to the statutes, judgments, and commandments, which he has given unto his people. Now it came to pass that after Alma had received this message from the angel of the Lord, he returned speedily to the land of Ammonihah, and he entered into the city by another way, yea, by the way which is on the south of the city of Ammonihah. And as he entered the city... He was unhungered, and he said unto a man, Will you give to a humble servant of God something to eat? And the man said unto him, I am a Nephite. I know that thou art a holy prophet of God, for thou art the man whom an angel said in a vision, Thou shalt receive. Therefore go with me unto my house, and I will impart unto thee of, thy, of my food, and I know that thou wilt be blessed unto me, a blessing unto me and my house. And it came to pass that Alma ate bread and was filled, and he blessed Amulek in his house. Okay, so Alma returns to Ammonihah. Amulek receives him because an angel has told him that you need to receive this man. So as they go forth to preach in the city, um, Amulek gets an opportunity to testify. And he stands up, and this is what I want you to hear about. He tells his side of the story. So that's Alma's side of the story. But now here's Amulek's side of the story. So he's telling the people, look, I'm a man of no small reputation. Um, I have many kindreds and friends. I've acquired many riches in my industry. He says, nevertheless, after all this, I never have known much of the way of the Lord and his mysteries and marvelous power. I said I had never known much of these things, but behold, I mistake. For I have seen much of his mysteries and his marvelous power, yea, even in the preservation of the lives of, the, of his, this people. Nevertheless, I did harden my heart, for I was called many times, and I would not hear. 
Therefore, I knew concerning these things, yet I would not know. Therefore, I went on rebelling against God in the wickedness of my heart. Even until the fourth day of this seventh month, which is the tenth year of the reign of the judges. So when I found this in my study, I know that it might sound silly, but I'm telling you, I just felt this witness that the fourth watch, God being a fourth watch God, is true. Amulek is saying that on the fourth day, an angel appears to him and, and he said, As I was journeying to see a very near kindred, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto me and said, Amulek, return unto thy own house, for thou shalt feed a prophet of the Lord, yea, a holy man who is a chosen man of God, for he has fasted many days because of the sins of the people, and he is unhungered, and thou shalt receive him into thy house and feed him, and he shall bless thee in thy house. And the blessings of the Lord shall rest upon thee and thy house. And it came to pass that I obeyed the voice of the angel, and I returned towards my house. And as I was going thither, I found the man whom the angel said unto me, Thou shalt receive into thy house. And behold, it was the same man who, who has been speaking unto you concerning the things of God. So Amulek had this experience on the fourth day. He had learned in his life about God and he mistakenly says, look, I, I did see the mysteries of God. I did see um, marvelous power and the preservation of our lives. But it, I had to experience things many times in order to have my heart softened. And on the fourth day, I was uh, an angel appeared to me and I was asked to take care of Alma, provide food and nourishment for him, and bring him to my home. Okay, so that's another example of fourth watch. Now I want to share with you a personal experience for Matt and I. Um, I, I was trying to think of all these different situations where I thought about it and I would say, I'm going to record this, and I didn't. But I thought about one that really sticks out to me. And this has to do with um, back in 2007, Matt and I had, um, we needed to move away from Central Oregon where we were living and Matt had gotten a new job in, in you know, over here by Portland. And um, we had this house and the market had started to crash and the value of our home was just plummeting. And we didn't know what we were going to do because we needed to be able to sell the house so that we could buy a home. So we put the house on the market and Matt and I had made a decision that I would stay in our town in Madras and he would come over and live in Sandy and um, we would just try to see him. He would come home on the weekends and I would wait and, until the house sold. So we just kind of had this plan. We felt at peace about it. It felt right to us. And um, as we were moving along, the school year was getting ready to start. It was getting much closer. We were only a couple weeks probably from school starting. And his boss, Molly, said that there was a teacher in the building that had a home that he would like to rent to us. And would we be interested? So Matt reached out to me and said, hey, you know, what do you think? So we decided to go check out the house and, you know, I just had Paige, so we had five kids and 
um, knowing we still had to make our mortgage in Madras and not sure about our situation, how what he was going to charge for rent, we went to go look at the house. And he um, he said, "Look, um, I could. How would you guys feel about paying me six hundred dollars a month?" And I was so shocked. I could not believe it. Um, and Matt and I immediately felt the reassurance that we were supposed to be together as a family, that I wasn't supposed to stay with the children in Madras, but that I was to be with him and that we were to go ahead and accept the, do the rental agreement with this, this, this good man. And so we literally, within two weeks, I had to pack and clean and get everything ready. And I want you to know that that was a fourth watch for us because we literally had a plan in place. We had decided, you know, this is what we're going to do. You're just going to drive home on the weekends. And I want you to know that that house in Madras, it took us over seven and a half years before it sold. And we still lost thousands of dollars on it and had to pay that. We set up a loan to pay that. So Heavenly Father knew what was going on and he provided a way for us at the last minute that no, you are to be together. I'm going to make a way for you to have this opportunity. And he provided it and he protected us for those seven and a half years to make a double payment on a home. And he helped us with finding renters that covered a portion of the mortgage. And he provided us with place, a beautiful place we lived in that place and then we moved to another place that the rent was extremely low and such a huge blessing for our lives during the circumstances we were in. So there's many times in our life that he has been a fourth watch God. Now the last scripture that I want to share with you um, about the example of fourth watch is in Joseph Smith history. So we know that Joseph had determined a place that he was going to go and he was going to, um, the first time in his life, he was going to make an attempt amidst his anxieties to pray vocally out loud. And he says in verse 15, after I retired to the place where I had previously designed to go, having looked around me and finding myself alone, I kneeled down and began to offer up the desires of my heart to God. I had scarcely done so when immediately I was seized upon by some power which entirely overcame me and had such an astonishing influence over me as to bind my tongue so that I could not speak. Thick darkness gathered around me and it seemed to me for a time as if I were doomed to sudden destruction. But exerting all my powers to call upon God to deliver me out of the en power of this enemy that had, which had seized upon me and after the very moment when I was ready to sink into despair and abandon myself to destruction, not to an imaginary ruin, but to the power of some actual being from the unseen world who had such marvelous power as I had never before felt in any being, just at this moment of great alarm, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. It no sooner appeared than I found myself delivered from the enemy which held me bound. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description 
standing above me in the air, one of them spake unto me, calling me by name, and said, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. Hear him. So Joseph was literally thought he was going to be destroyed. He was in deep despair. He knew that there was this power that he had never felt or seen before. And he thought he was going to sudden destruction. But just as he felt that he was going to be destroyed from and this this enemy that held him bound, there was a light that rested upon him. And the Savior and the Father introduced themselves to open up this dispensation of the fullness of times. Another example of fourth watch. So in closing, I just wanted to... Um, I wanted to read, there's this amazing talk. We actually um, talked about it in our women's meeting called Relief Society yesterday. And um, I just think it's beautiful. And if you have time, I'll try to put it in my notes too. It's called Waiting on the Lord. It's by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. And I want to share with you, you know, he, he doesn't say fourth watch, but he really shares exactly what I feel about the fourth watch and that, you know, is another testament to this, to this way that Heavenly Father wants us to grow and, and he wants us to have experiences that strengthen us and prepare us for future um, trials or tribulations or afflictions that we might go through. So he says, he's quoting, O God, where art thou? We hear from the depths of liberty, Jell, And where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? How long shall thy hand be stayed? How long, O Lord, how long? So we are not the first, nor will we be the last, to ask such question when sorrows bear down on us, or an ache in our heart goes on and on. I am not now speaking of pandemics or prisons, but of you, your family, and your neighbors, who face any number of such challenges. I speak of the yearning of many who would like to be married and aren't, who are mar- who, or who are married and wish the relationship were a little more celestial. I speak of those who have to deal with the unwanted appearance of a serious medical condition, perhaps an incurable one, or who face a lifelong battle with genetic defect that has no remedy. I speak of the continuing struggle with emotional and mental health challenges that weigh heavily on the souls of so many who suffer with them and on the hearts of those who love and suffer with them. I speak of the poor whom the Savior told us never to forget, and I speak of you waiting for the return of a child, no matter what the age, who has chosen a path different from the one you prayed he or she would take. Furthermore, I acknowledge that even this long list of things which we might wait personally does not attempt to address the large economic, political, and social concerns that confront us collectively. Our Father in Heaven clearly expects us to address these wrenching public issues as well as the personal ones, but there will be times in our lives when even our best spiritual effort and earnest pleading prayers do not yield the victories of which we have yearned whether they be regarding the large global matters or the small personal ones. So while we work and wait together for the answers of some of these prayers, I offer you my 
apostolic promise, but they are heard and they are answered, though perhaps not in the time or in the way we wanted, but they are always answered at the time and in the way an omnipotent, omnipotent, I can't even say it, omnipotent and eternally compassionate parent should answer them. My beloved brothers and sisters, please understand that he who never sleeps nor slumbers cares for the happiness and ultimate exaltation of his children above all else that a divine being has to do. He is pure love, gloriously gloriously personified, and merciful Father is his name. I wanted to close with that because all of us might be waiting for certain things to happen and we might be in the first watch, second watch, third watch, or possibly coming closer to the fourth watch. But he never sleeps or slumbers. He cares for our happiness and and the ultimate exaltation of us, his children, above all else. That is his pure love for us. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.